on this moment's Graze the Rim. We are reacting to the playoffs as they happen, and they are juicy. Look out for more episodes as basketball continues to be played. For now, we look at the first couple games for all the playoff series, talk about what we like, what we don't like, and why Jason Tatum is the most frustrating player in the NBA. So, all that, plus, as always, splash or pass, and walk up your dogs. We are back. We are live. Welcome to the first playoff edition of the Graze the Rim podcast. We are a couple of retired basketball players that wouldn't know anything about the postseason, so it's fun to watch. <laughs> uh, I'm Robbie Thomas, joined by Seth Curran. We've talked about Seth's scheduling. I guess we'll just get right into it. That we're yeah. going to be we're going to try to be running twice a week just to recap as the playoffs are unfolding. There's there's so much basketball going on that we just want to stay on top of it all. Yeah, it's awesome the amount of basketball. It, it I, is wonderful. It's always yeah. great meeting basketball on. Let's just let's get this out of the way also. They play basketball too late. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> well the the problem is is because they, they want to have a night game for the West Coast. Right. Which is two hours ahead behind us. Two hours behind. We're two hours ahead. Yeah, and luckily we're right in the middle of the country. Could you imagine being East Coast? Oh, East and... Coast. But yeah, so like I work weekends and I have to get up early for work. So it's like it's yeah. nine thirty. I'm I'm trying to get ready for bed. And the game's starting. The game hasn't tipped <laughs> off yet. So how am I supposed to watch this? And I don't know what I don't know what you said. My my fatal flaw, my only fatal flaw, is that I don't especially when I'm invested in who wins, I don't like going back and watching games where I know how it ends. Yes. Unless like especially if the team I was rooting for loses. Yes. I then I will not watch it. Right. So like I was I was working during the Suns Lakers game one and I had no interest in rewatching. But I didn't watch it. I didn't watch that game. Um, if they would have won, I was like, I'd rather go watch game six of the finals last year. I didn't, but Ooh, yeah. if you made me choose, I'd rather go watch that. So I didn't watch that. Like today, obviously, I rewatched or I watched Dallas Clippers because I also oh, want to see how that unfolded. Yeah. So that, that I'll look through. Okay. We, we don't have to get to it. Oh, also today, today is, it's the night evening of Wednesday, May 26th. So we are the, what do we have? The Sixers Wizards was today. The neck, the Knicks. Hawks. Hawks just got over, and the Jazz, Jazz Grizzlies, Grizzlies is are just starting, starting right now. So we're not going to report on that one. You'll have to wait till the next step for that. But we, it is, it's been almost a week since the last episode. Last time we recorded, we didn't know the ending of... I just said we get right into it. That's what I'm transitioning to, Seth. Does that sound good? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Last time we recorded, it was right at the start of the, the final play-in game between the Grizzlies and the Warriors. We didn't know how it ended, but we called a shot that the Grizzlies would win. The Grizzlies won. Sorry, Adam Silver. I'm sure he's pissed, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure the league is not happy. But it was, it was. Um, the Grizzlies did it. Um, do we do we have anything? Yeah, I just want to. I want to. I want to take it one step further. We we didn't. You said we didn't know how it ended. We didn't know how it started. We didn't see. Any yeah, of that's it. true. That's true. You know, like we did, we saw none. That of it. is true. Shot of the cannon. Oh, John Morant. He was great in overtime, especially of that game. His his jump shot is so slow. Yes, it was working in this game. But he he starts his shot like below his knees. Like if he just pulled up his shooter pocket, so he's like above his belly button, he'd get off a shot like twice as fast. Mm-hmm. So maybe contact me in the offseason. We'll start working on some things. Shot doctor, I'll be the shot doctor. Yes, 
I mean, we have to talk about the Draymond shot. So, <laughs> end of regulation. So the Grizzlies were up most of the game. The Warriors battled back. Tie game with like 10 seconds left. Uh, Warriors inbounding the ball like three quarters of the length of the court. Steph gets it immediately double teamed. Draymond starts calling for it at half court. This guy's one's doubling. And so I don't, I don't want to keep doing this. I honestly don't. But he, but he, you have to. It keeps it keeps coming up, and I'm obligated to talk about it. So for those that didn't see, like I said, tie game. Steph gets the ball immediately, double teamed by Draymond's guy. Draymond is calling for it. The guy who, who will not look at the basket for the first forty-seven fifty of the game. Like he's just trying to find <laughs> someone to pass to. Starts calling for the ball. Catches the ball like above the three-point line, like straight on top of the key, three-point line. Dribbles in, maybe at, maybe about ten feet away, starts getting contested. Tries to shoot kind of a running floater. So so he shoots like this straight at the basket, running floater, right hand, kind of the right side of his body, like almost like a a half jump hook. And it hits the left side of the backboard. No <laughs> rim. Just another page in the legend of Clutch Draymond. Here's my question. Like, honestly... What does Draymond practice in the offseason? Like, what does he work on? Like, he you don't practice your passing ability. I mean, you, you practice defensive footwork. I mean, you're in the weight room. But, like, his shooting has fallen off a cliff. He has no touch around the rim. I've never seen him post up. Like, what does he, what does he do in his spare time? Because it's not working on basketball skills. Flexing, working on screaming at the refs, uh, setting and setting screens for And set. subway commercials. And, so, and where he brings up rings, obviously. Yes. Uh, yeah, so I think favorite thing about this shot was we know Lakers, um, Warriors, two nights before, LeBron got poked in the eye and then ended up hitting the, the game-winning three. And he said that I, in the post-game interview, LeBron said, you know, I, I was seeing three rims and I just shot for the middle one. Someone someone tweeted after Draymond missed that shot. He said, Draymond was seeing three rims and shot for the left one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a bad miss. It was... <laughs> That's I, I know like I know it looks way I hate to be that guy from the couch like oh I could do that I don't remember who's coming over to help probably some giant seven it was Xavier, Xavier Tillman Xavier Tillman okay yeah. by the way Xavier Tillman's been playing crunch yeah. time over yeah, Jerry yeah. Jackson he I say he closed the game honestly kind of scary for opponents of the Grizzlies if Jerry Jackson ever kind of comes alive uh, but right. anyways so you got, you got Xavier Tillman closing out flying at you. If you you give me the ball in that situation, I could hit the rim. I could draw. Oh, iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's such a. I could draw iron while the piss is running down my leg. Being that <laughs> that's scary. You could, you could. I mean, he could have shot it. He he could have shot a most uncontested pull up fifteen footer of your life. Yeah, there was nobody near I'm, him. I'm not saying I'm making it. I'm just saying I, I'm. Yeah, I could rim. draw rim. I could draw rim. And I think it was I think it was Nick Wright that that tweeted something about that and he got called out by everybody saying good luck i, I bet you couldn't make a way oh yes i do remember like that. that yeah and yeah. he was like you're right i'm, yeah, I'm not like, a basketball player <laughs> it's not yeah. my job to do it i'm I, it's not my job to i could do it i could do it <laughs> it was like it was like he he was thinking the whole time that they're going to collapse on me and i gonna throw a lob up to somebody mm-hmm. you know what i mean like that was how he went up like he's going to throw a lob and then he's like, and, oh, crap, and Zay- I have to stepped up too he stepped up too yeah just, just like, he, and he didn't make the pass. Yeah, that was just, so obviously didn't go in to win it. Go to overtime. Jaw was great in overtime. Jaw loves the spin move, getting the lane spin. Yeah. Loves it. I love it too. Great for him. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Xavier Tillman played. So Memphis is in. So Memphis is one eight. Utah Memphis. So we're gonna go. We're just gonna go through the series. Yeah. Does that sound good? Let's, and I think we start with that one, right? 
Yes. Talking about Memphis. It's good for that because they've only played one game. So, okay. Uh, honestly, more interesting to me than this game is the drama behind the Donovan Mitchell late scratch. Yeah. Did you hear? Are you yeah, familiar yeah. with this? So, from what I heard is that he is he was totally... So, Donovan Mitchell's been out with the sprained ankle for, oh, I don't know, over a month. I, I don't even know when it was. But, I think it was um, like 16 games he missed. The last 16 yeah, games of the season. Yeah. And he sounded like he was ready to go for this game. And it was the... I don't know if it was like the training staff that held him back yeah so here's what he was but he was totally intended on playing in game one yeah so he three days before the game i think it was monday or was it sunday was the first i think it was sunday it was sunday yeah Sunday. okay so like in the couple days leading up to the game he was taken off the injury report so he was listed as healthy he was a full apparently a full participant in practice he was a full participant in the morning shoot around after the morning shoot around interviews, he said his ankle was sore but not painful, something like that. Like, like it, mm-hmm. it's not bad. I can play through it. He was excited, ready to go. And then in the afternoon, like meetings, like put leading up to the game, he was called in and said, "Hey, you're actually not playing. Just kidding." And he was supposedly <laughs> pissed that that people are reporting that it was like a legitimate blow to their relationship. That he was yeah. seriously not happy, and I'm sure losing couldn't have helped those. Because, by the way, uh, they lost. Memphis won the first game. Yeah, th- this is something that I don't think anybody <laughs> saw coming. Yeah. Um, and especially not game one. Maybe getting a, getting a game yeah, towards yeah, the end. But, but definitely not coming out and stealing game one in Utah. Ah, uh, man, it's, it's, a, it's a tough look because I know people have already kind of... We're never really considering Utah's contenders kind of like that really good regular season team, but let's see what they can do in the postseason. Uh, and this definitely just adds to that. Yeah, and uh, you know, I still think the Jazz will win, kind of no Absolute, problem. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, you know, ask last year's Jazz what throwing away a game will do mm-hmm. when you're favored. Jazz that were up three one, and then squat them. Remember how this game ended? But surely one of the games they should have won and didn't. It was. Do you remember how Game Seven? So sorry, take it back last year against the Nuggets in Round One. Utah was up three one. Denver came back tight at three three, and. Mike Conley had a wide open yes. three to win to, to win, win game it. seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like rimmed so out, like in and out, right? It was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was like it was like down. But anyway. yeah, I'm sure they're not. They don't want to lose any throw away any games. You took us uh, after yeah. how last year ended. So yeah, yeah. This could have been great. Um, from Memphis, I mean, Memphis played great. Dylan Brooks, how can you not like how Dylan Brooks <laughs> plays? Because he is he is thick. He's solid. He's not super explosive, but he plays hard. He is obnoxious on the defensive end. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but like it's his face for me that just—that's what gets under my skin. You don't like as it. a. I don't like it. <laughs> okay. I like yeah, what yeah. he does on the court, but then but then you see him okay. screaming and stuff. Okay. And I'm like, is he is he ugly? Is it the goatee? Mm. Is it his hair? What don't I? I and I can't something, quite put my finger yeah, on it yet. Yeah, yeah. Something's just off with the guy. Um, yeah, but I mean, he was great in this game. He had thirty-one in game. Yeah, <laughs> game yeah, one. yeah. Uh, he was yeah. the leading scorer, and again, yeah. Xavier Tillman's playing. A lot more minutes than Jaron Jackson, which, like I said, if if Jaron Jackson like he comes out and has a he's absolutely capable of having a twenty five thirty point game, it just yeah. kind of watch out, Jazz. And then, but Mitchell um, should be back. So yeah, if he's not uh, back, I'm sure he's going to raise some hell. We could probably look. Let me just see if he started tonight. Uh, oh, yeah, the... he did start tonight. Okay, okay, good. so yeah, good. he's okay. fine. Sweet. But uh, on the other end, for the Jazz, it was uh, Bogdanovich that kind of ha- took over the game. Yeah. Um, but he zero points in the first half, 29 in the second half. And and really, Memphis was kind of cruising in this game. 
until uh, Utah made a really late run to cut it down to three. I actually had a good had a, had a look to to tie it up. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think it got blocked, but um, yeah, it's just it's a bad look for the Jazz. I'm sure they'll bounce back. I but, think yeah, this is I think we're gonna get a bounce back game. Uh, and congrats to Jordan Clarkson on six man of the year. Yes. Who, was 0 for 8 in the first game from 3. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's, you know, it, it settled the debate because with Donovan Mitchell out in a playoff game, Joe Ingles started. So that means, that was my question, was, so Joe Ingles starts. So he is, is he the sixth man? Because when one of the first five goes down, the sixth man would be the next guy up, right? So that means yes. is Joe Ingles the real sixth man? But, or is Jordan Clarkson just the sixth man? Like, he is locked into the role of sixth and man. no matter what. So, Joe Ingles jumped him as a seventh man. Yeah, so, I guess Jordan <laughs> Clarkson winning it settles the debate that he was the real sixth man for the Jazz. Sweet. Let's go with that. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's oh, yeah. Do, do we want to want to update our keep – keep an update on our predictions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, so we'll – so, uh, so, for the – this one, it was Jazz-Grizzlies. I said it – we said it for the same if it was Grizzlies or Warriors. Um, but you took the the Jazz in five games or less, which yes. is looking pretty good for me. So, right now, if the Jazz win in five or less, so if they win the next four, Seth wins. Any other outcome happens, I win. So, yeah, good. Okay, so the next one, two seven in the West, Lakers Suns, and that one is I took Lakers in six or less. Mm-hmm. So Lakers have to win in six or less for me to win, or any other outcome siblings. Um, so, like I said, I didn't watch this game. Yeah. Live. I wouldn't watch the NBA. But yeah, do you ever watch just the NBA? There's like the full game highlights. It's like a 10 no. minute video and they run four sets of ads throughout the video on YouTube. <laughs> it's insane. No, I have not but seen uh, that. I did, I did watch the highlights. I watched a few other things. Here's my synopsis of kind of yeah. the first. And you, you, you tell me. I'm assuming you mm-hmm. watched it. Did you watch it? Yes. Okay, yes. so you tell me. Uh, first thing is Devin Booker is so good going downhill. Like when he gets the high flat ball screens. He is like they they just surround him with shooters. They get in a high ball screen. They have a big guy like Drummond or somebody trying to guard, and he's he is almost Trey Young esque in the way that he can get in front of you and then just stop and shoot, and it's a foul like because you're just running. Like he has really good body control with drawing fouls. I think it's it's weird that they're doubling him the way that they are. Is that so? I don't, the, the, I don't so like to, it. to start. I think the very first possession of game one. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the Suns won game one. Oh, yeah, it yeah. It was like 10 points, like the whole game. I know. Game, I'm surprised, right? too. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really – I mean, it stayed within – I mean, they lost 99 to 90. It was kind of in that range. Lakers would make a run to push a little – to get a little closer. Phoenix would to run. To right. Back but the like Lakers 10, so. never looked like they were going to take the lead. Exactly. Ever, exactly. Right? So, I think the very first possession, uh, Booker caught on the wing, and they immediately sent two just on the catch. It's like okay, are they just throwing like different looks at him? They want Devin Booker to think that to always be looking for that second guy. It, it was just weird because you know he wasn't even looking at the hoop yet. I think part of the problem in Game One was they were, they put so much attention on Devin Booker, and I guess we can get into this. He he killed him, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, Chris Paul went down in this game. Just a weird shoulder injury. I'm not even really sure what's going on with him, but it, it seems like a nerve yeah, issue. Yeah, so they listed it as a shoulder contusion, but it looks worse than that. Like, there's something happening. Yeah. But, but anyways, but so he's been not healthy. Right. So so the, the playmaking kind of fell on Devin Booker's shoulders, and he dished out eight assists. Like you said, when he gets going downhill, so he's coming off like the dribble handoff out of the left corner. 
curling, going straight to the hoop. And credit to Andre Drummond, he actually didn't do that bad of a job. Devin Booker's just hitting tough, contested mid-range jumpers. I mean, he's making incredible shots. And it, it was just too much for for the Lakers. But DeAndre Ayton dominated. Okay, well, here's my thing. I'm glad you brought this up. Obviously, he was the best big man on the floor in game yes. one. I So I, I watched his highlights from that game. It's just he just ninety percent of his looks are just dump downs. Like he's yeah. just in the dunker spot. That's that's so that's you said like the Devin Booker is an underrated passer and he was making the right read a lot of times. But the Lakers weren't making it a hard read. Like they were so they set a high ball screen or they set a ball screen and Aiden's the dunker spot and just Desiree Aiden's guy just comes up to help and they're not it's mm-hmm. just an easy dump down. Like mm-hmm. they're not making it hard for Devin Booker to make the right read. And ninety percent of DeAndre Aiden's points were just he's just a big guy. That is open. Okay, yeah. I mean, he did it. He made the he made the points. He was great on the offensive rebound. Like he had like eight or nine offensive rebounds. But, yeah, he, um, has, yeah, he had sixteen rebounds in the game. I in just game just, one, yeah. just reading because I was just following the scores on my phone and like reading about it. And it sounds like mm-hmm. he was Hakeem putting on a clinic. And, it, and I just I was a little disappointed, I guess, from what I was hearing about. Him. But he was great for his first playoff debut. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, so yeah, him. him and Booker both making their debuts. Uh, Mikael Bridges also. All those guys. You know, looked good. Mikael Bridges is taking on the, the assignment of LeBron. Mm-hmm. Game one, you know, he did a fine job. I'm, <laughs> I was wondering if it was just a LeBron feeling out game. LeBron's notorious for seeing what the opposing team does game one. I can't remember what his winning percentage is by game in the playoffs, but game one is by far the lowest win yes, percentage. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I, so I don't really know. Anthony Davis looked really bad the first game. Yeah, really, really bad. And last night's game, game two, they ended up winning. Oh, what was the final? One hundred nine, one hundred two. I think. Yeah, he looked better, but he still <laughs> he made one more like field goal than the game before. He just shot twenty one free throws in game. Yeah, two. well, so I guess we'll talk about the big thing. Of this the difference between game one and game two. What was different? So you tweeted from our Twitter account at Grace the Rim something that you were uh, upset that he was passing on mid range jumpers. Yes. Yes. Why? Why I disagree. Why? Yeah. Why do you feel it? Well, here's my thing. I guess let me tell you why I disagree first. Because, like you said, he was he shot like 21 free throws. Mm-hmm. Because when they put DeAndre Ayton on him, or when, like when he's playing the five, DeAndre Ayton's on him, he can just blow by, get to the rim. He bullies Jake Crowder. They don't have a good matchup for him. And whenever right. he shoots jumpers, he bails out the defense. He made some good shots. He made some threes. There was a, I think it was in like the second quarter. LeBron comes out of the game, and literally the first possession down. Anthony Davis catches it like 18 feet, kind of jab step shot with like 20 seconds on the shot clock. It's like that's the mm-hmm. that is the everything the Suns want out of you and more. Yes, when he, I'm, I'm not I'm not mad about those by any means, or I am mad about those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not what I mean at all. And when, but he has to take those shots to keep the defense on us because if he's not going to shoot them, then what's the point of he doesn't space the floor at all. See, I, I don't know if he. I think I think he could shoot twenty free throws every game with this. I'm with sure the he way could. They he, <laughs> Anthony Davis has a very quick whistle with the referees. It's it's actually unbelievable. Uh, it might how, be honestly so. So like like we've mentioned or, or has been said in previous podcasts, longtime listeners will know that I am so frustrated with how he attacks the rim. Yes, that he he never is on balance or going off two feet or taking contact well, and that might work for his benefit in that. He always looks off balance, so he gets moved by contact, and so it's easy for the refs to call fouls, or they're more willing to call fouls. Right. That might be it, but I just I think he's such a problem going to the rim, and I don't remember many times where 
he was overly aggressive and they didn't get anything out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you, but my thing is the value that he brings at the five is being able to space the floor, and you know you don't have somebody like Andre Drummond clogging up the paint. Yeah, that's true. You know that that's my, that was my thinking on it, but I totally agree he does bail out the defense a lot. But I want to talk about Andre Drummond for a sec because he has not killed the Lakers so far. He was he was I <laughs> if he plays like he did in game two, sign me up. Yeah. I'm I'm good with Andre Drummond. You hear that? You hear that guy down the street? With the sick red yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I, yeah, so so he and Marcus Hall, who got some run in game two, which Thank is nice. Thank God. They they are just in a tough spot on these high ball screens that they set for Devin mm-hmm. Booker. I would like to see them try to trap him every once in a while because when he, he they, they're playing center field on most of these ball screens, and that's just really hard for a big man to have to do, especially when Devin mm-hmm. Booker's got his head up and he's surrounded by shooters. But he was he was fine. Like, boy, watching him play pick and roll defense, and then watching Gasol play pick and roll defense, <laughs> you appreciate Drummond a little more because Gasol is so slow. I mean, yeah, Drummond's not quick, but he, but he, like you've said before, I think it was you that he is the best guy at making it look like he's active. Yeah, just kind of swinging his arms around. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he was yeah, great yeah. on the offensive. Like he's he's still super active offensive rebounding. I mean, that is the Lakers' biggest advantage in the series is the size at center. Yeah. And, you know, so Andre, I, yes. people were wondering if Andre Drummond's going to play game two. Obviously, he played great. Yeah. Uh, but he's he's a, a mismatch in this series, honestly. Okay. Let's – are you done there? No. I actually have okay. oh, yeah, dozens yeah. more. Well, yeah. I, I, I kind of passed you on Chris Paul injury because I wanted to talk about more for game two because that was always more noticeable for me. Mm-hmm. That this is worse. It seems like there's something up with his shoulder. He's he, also listed as probable for game three. Okay. I mean, I'm sure he'll play, but mm-hmm. he doesn't look comfortable shooting. Like, there were times where he goes for rebounds, and he goes with his left hand. Like, goes up with his yeah. left arm because his right arm. There was one time where he tried to make a pass, like kind of a, not really a one-handed pass, but a right-handed pass. And it looked like it looked like somebody that does not have an athletic bone in their body trying to make a pass because he just couldn't get his body behind it. Like, it was just really mm-hmm. awkward and comfortable. Like, he's just not smooth. So, it sucks. I really hope that's not, well... I want the Lakers to win, so. <laughs> but I don't want it to be like that. Yeah, but it, it just sucks I, he, for Chris Paul. He didn't close game two. Like, that's all you need to know. Like, well, he it's, played it's two serious. minutes in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. of a close game, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will, so in my defense to that is I still, I don't think LeBron is close to 100%. I don't either. He, like you said, it was a feel-out game in game one, but uh, game two was not, he wasn't necessarily more, he shot more, but he was more in the perimeter. He... When he gets it like a high ball screen, or if he gets a switch, or gets it mid post, he's looking to pass. That's what he did in game mm-hmm. two. I mean, he's incredible at it. Like every time he caught the ball in the post or mid post, somebody got a wide open shot or a wide open three. Right. He, he didn't. He he shot fadeaways. He passed it. He didn't attack the rim. Like he didn't get to the free throw line. And that's where I think that I don't know if he's like afraid to to like land on somebody and make his injury worse, or he's yeah. just doesn't trust it. But he he's not. Attacking mismatches and attacking Mikhail Bridges like I thought that he would. Yeah, like he hasn't. He hasn't just. He hasn't posted up a smaller defender. He hasn't gone to the rim uh, almost at all this this series so far. And that's what I was thinking too. It just it, it doesn't doesn't feel like he trusts that ankle hundred yeah. percent yet. But he did. I mean, he shot the ball well. Schroeder shot the ball well. Gasol made a couple threes, and that's it. I mean, Anthony Davis. So 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 Schroeder was great. Bounce back game for him. Twenty four points. And he was the only guard that made a three. So, like I said, <laughs> LeBron, Anthony Davis, Marcus Hall were eight of seventeen from three. 
Dennis Schroeder was two for four. The rest of the team, all the guards, were 0 of 12 from three. Yep. Besides them. So, and and I remember, I think it was, I don't remember, I heard it somewhere that, the thing about playoff games is that in every series, there'll be a game where one team shoots way better than they should or one team shoots way worse than they should. Like, there's going to be a game like that in every series. So, I, I just, it gives me confidence as a Laker fan that we're going to get a game where Caruso, KCP, Kuzma, like, some of them are hitting shots. Yeah. Because like, they, yeah. all of them have been bad from three-point line. For the first two games, and the Lakers have been in both games. So, we're going to get a game where those guys are making shots, and that's going to be huge. Right. Oh, um, 80th 5 was incredible in the last, like, three minutes. The, I wrote like it down. Four, yeah, three yeah, four so, minutes so, of the so, game. so, here's what it was. So, 340 left in the game. Lakers get a shot clock violation, down 93-92. Alex Caruso checks in for Gasol. He moves 88-5. Here's the next possessions. Uh, Anthony Davis has a block, then LeBron hits a fadeaway. Devin Booker misses a pull-up at the end of a shot clock. Then 80 hits a three. Campaign turnover. 80 gets fouled, makes free throws. Three possessions, yeah. 8-0 run. That was it. So that was, I mean, despite their offensive struggles, despite Anthony Davis kind of being hit or miss, when he's at the five, they're so good defensively because all of their problems about ball screens, go, they just switch the ball screens. Mm-hmm. But Anthony Davis and Devin Booker, they're not going to post up Aiden, or if they do, he's not good enough to make him pay. And it's just it it well they really could use Chris Paul in those situations they didn't have it but uh, <laughs> 80, it's still an elite lineup with eighty eight five yeah that the block I think if this is the block you're talking about it's Crusoe's switched on to Aiton in the post AD switched on to Booker on the wing Booker throws it into Aiton AD like plays in between close and enough I think this to was Booker. yeah it is and it was end of the shot clock too so he was yes, kind of scrambling yep. yeah and he knew and so and he was able to. Not allow, not allow Devin Booker enough space to get off a shot, and able to like rear view block like from from behind the eight and yeah, uh, yes. the eight and jump shot. So yeah, they're yes. so good. At, yes. With, with uh, one last thing on this game. This was this the campaign game. Cameron Payne. He was felt great. Like it. Uh, like there's one of those. Like you get one of yes. Them. All I can think of when I watch him play is that his head looks like it belongs on Egyptian hieroglyphics. That like is he, fantastic. Like he has a very like <laughs> obtusely shaped head that it's like longer in the back. Like when you look at it from the side, it looks bigger, and it looks like he belongs on the wall. Like his head shape belongs on like yeah. the wall of an Egyptian temple. He's one of my favorite guys to watch shoot because his his jumper is so funny because he yeah, turns his body completely to the side. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Yes, Nuggets Blazers. Okay. Uh, so it these seems... are the late games, and I um, I haven't watched a second of this live, mm-hmm. because why would I? But it's uh, it's 1-1 as a series, and mm-hmm. we predicted, oh, straight up, you took the Nuggets. So just yeah. Nuggets to win in any amount, or Blazers to win. What do you what do you think of, of this series? So far, the, the problem is the the Faku and, and Rivers 1-2 lineup so far. Uh, Monty Morris has been healthy. Monty Morris has provided really good minutes off the bench, but the no, Nuggets why are playing Marcus Howard. So okay, why so, isn't yeah? Sorry, why isn't Monty Morris starting? Am I missing something? I, they they I, just I, want him coming off the bench. They like. Him I think off they the like. I think they like. I mean, because he's he's more of a point guard. Faku's a really good distributor right now. Yeah, and I mean, I'd ideally Monty Morris and Faku are the are the better are the two best guards, but you don't necessarily want those guys playing together. I don't think. Um, but Monty Morris is more of a scorer, more so than uh, Compazzo. So I think that having him in the second unit at least saves a little bit of offense um, when 
<clears throat> for whatever the second unit looks like. Right, okay. Uh, but yeah, Dame destroyed them the first game. The Dame Lillard is one of the best shooters I've ever seen off of like a ball screen. He is so good at just stepping in off one dribble and launching from wherever he is. But for whatever <laughs> reason, the, the Nuggets would not like step up to the screen. Like Whoever was guarding the screener always stayed back, which allowed Dame just to step into it. And, uh, I mean, he, he killed them. They had no chance in the first game after that. I think he scored like 35 in game one. Uh, but they've, <clears throat> the, the Nuggets and the Blazers, so they've split so far. Blazers won game one. Nuggets won game two. Both teams have been in it the entire game. It's been a really physical series so far. But in game two, there was, hold on, let me find this, this stat real quick. With eight and a half minutes left in the game, there had been 47 foul calls, 54 <laughs> free throws, two flagrants, and four techs. Wow, okay. And so the, the second half of game two was the longest basketball game I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> second half was the longest game I've ever seen. <laughs> Jokic has been fantastic. Him and Dame, I mean, both have lived up to, to the moment so far. It's just kind of what are you getting out of the other guys? I think game one, Michael Porter Jr. is like one of ten. From three. One from, three, from three, yeah. yeah. And I, like, right. you know, he you knew he had to be huge in the series, and Norm Powell has been getting the assignment, and he's been giving him some trouble. Like, Michael Porter Jr. totally seems like the guy. He's like a 6'10 small forward, but he plays like a guard. And he yeah. loves having big guys on him because he doesn't like playing like a – he doesn't like exploiting a size mismatch he had. And and at times, the, uh, the Blazers just made him – like, all right, you're bigger, taller, prove it. And he just <laughs> he likes being on the perimeter. He likes shooting perimeter shots. He loves he loves taking advantage of his size by shooting over whoever's yes, going. Yes, exactly. That's it. Yeah, but there was, let me see here. I had a, oh, Jokic is just pushing around whoever's in the post. It, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's awesome. Jokic is, is, is living up to his MVP title this season. It doesn't matter. Uh, Nurk fouled out with like eight minutes left in game two. And they put Kanner and his Kanner in. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jokic was just toying with him. Oh like, yeah, oh. a notoriously bad defender. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, but yeah, that was that was fun to watch. Yeah, and and I mean, they did a good job in game one. The Blazers did of just Jokic is going to score forty, but no, like Jokic only had one assist in game one. Mm-hmm. So Jokic score forty, nobody else score will win the game. Game two, Dame was great in the first half. Aaron Gordon gets the assignment in the second half and does a really good job. Uh, Look, so 109 points is what the Blazers scored in game two. That's you got to be in the 130s to win this series. Like, like you're not going to win games. Like, you're not going to hold the Nuggets to, to double digits. Like, you got to outscore them in shootouts. 109 points. That ain't going to cut it. Yeah. And what's been interesting is I brought up that Marcus Howard is playing. I know we kind of just yes. glanced yeah, over yeah. that. Uh, who has not been in the rotation at any point in this season? He's he's legit six feet tall. He was one of the best scorers in college basketball. But obviously his game doesn't translate to this level. But the they've been having to play in like 15 minutes a game just because of the lack of guard depth right now. Right. And the Blazers have just have not ISO'd him. I would pick on him every single possession. Right, right. It, so that's kind of been confusing to me how they have just neglected to take advantage of that so far. Yeah, I'm really excited for this series. I think this this might this is one of the like this series feels like a real chess match we're like like what adjustments are we going to make mm-hmm. which is what like one of my favorite parts of the seven game series is, is how do teams make changes between games right all right yeah move on 
the 4-5, the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks playing the Los Angeles Clippers, the Clippers who threw the last two games of the series to force this matchup are down 0-2, lost both games at LA. Seth, I don't... Two things. One, don't want to overreact, okay? So look, the Clippers are about 8 percentage points under their league-leading three-point percentage as a team. Meanwhile, the Mavericks are shooting 50% from yeah. three in the series, <laughs> yeah. 35 of 70. One of those two will change. You know, those are both outlier stats. One of those two will change. Mm-hmm. Um, also, while I'm here, side note, I have to keep reminding myself that Marcus Morris was fourth in the league in three-point percentage in the regular season because yeah. I have no faith he's going to make it. Like, it just... I don't think it's going to make it when it goes in. I he he's, he hasn't shot great. He's made a few, but uh, I just, it's still so crazy to me that I just it's, it's why is he yeah, shooting three? It, oh, he's not terrible at it. Yeah. It, it, so I've mentioned that they just don't miss threes. Regular season, they had like five guys in the top twenty for three point yeah, percentage, yeah. and like you said, so far they have been so far below that. And yeah, well, sorry, I, I wanted to add two things. That was oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. So, so two things: the three point shooting is way out of whack. Don't overreact to it. Uh, second thing is, we should just throw out the Clippers and start over. Like the yep. the name is cursed, the franchise is cursed. Rebrand. The season's over. They're already swept. Kawhi is gone. This is it. Come up with a new name. Clean slate. Clean house. And and honestly, just start over. Award Paul George whatever the new team is. Let him see if he can build a new legacy because uh, <laughs> he's always going to be tied to this Clippers team if they lose this game. Or if they lose this series, yeah. no matter what he does, because Paul George honestly has not been bad in this. No, uh, not really in this series at yeah. all. Also, obviously, that was exaggeration. That was in jest. Yes, yes. Um, I don't think. I, I think the Mavericks are going to win the series, but I don't think it's going to be a sweep. Like I said, I think the shooting will equalize for at least mm-hmm. a game. Like you said, I've been trying. I've been working really hard not to, you know, not to get too high on this because obviously I'm really excited. The Mavs are up two zero. Uh, Luca is playing like. He is the best player in the series, and I yeah. don't think that's he, uh, so. Oh, the question oh wait, 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 sorry. Uh, yeah, so for the the series predictions, I took Clippers in six games or less, which is not looking great. But I've never been more happy to be wrong. So <laughs> yeah. Clippers six or less is me. Any other outcome is set. Yeah. So Luca. I mean, Luca. I said this. We said this last year that he was the best player in the series, and now he like he's better, and they're winning. Like, he's just the best, not just in the series, he's just the best player on the floor. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Kawhi? What, what, you're, you're saying Luka. Do you want to talk Luka? He he can't do anything wrong right now in the first two games. I mean, he hit a, he was going for a two-for-one at the end of the third quarter. Dribbles up, takes like a one-footed fall-away three, just yeah. cashes it in. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like meant to be, you know. like he, But for whatever reason, in game one, they kept switching Zubats onto him, and Luca just exploited the mismatch every single time. And then game two last night, or two, yeah, was it just last? I think it was just last night. Yeah, last night. Pat Bev kept getting the assignment, and Luca just bullied him to the rim, him to the rim every single time. And it's like the Clippers have two incredible wing defenders. Well, the problem is, why are they passing off these switches so easily? Yeah, that's the thing. Is that so? Pat Bev isn't starting the the. Uh, the possession on Luca, but they're they're right. switching ball screens. It doesn't have to be that, like it should be a rub screen or a hand on. Like the Clippers are switching. There's no too contact easily. even yeah. being made. Yeah, it's just it's just who do you want Luca to go at? Okay, bring his guy near us and they'll switch. Like they're just defensively they're switching. The Clippers are switching so without resistance that it's it's just easy for them to pick their matchups. Yeah, 
And at this point, like, why is Pepev playing so much? I don't. I he's don't not know. doing. I mean, he, he's not obviously not subbing Luca. Not Tim Hardaway is playing fantastic. He's not having a hard time with Pepev. He's not good offensively. I don't know why he's like. Why? Why are we running with him? Um, they had a they had a Rondo, uh, Pat Bev lineup last I love night. That. Or, I love yeah. it so much. <laughs> it's like this is this is the worst. Ty Lue, what are you doing, bud? Yeah, but so I, I want to get back to Kawhi because so the Kawhi versus Luca. I don't. I don't know how you can argue that Kawhi is a better basketball player right now than Luca because. Mm-hmm. Kawhi was awesome in game two offensive. I think it was like 41 points, right? 41, yeah. Yep. Yeah. He was great. I know he's he's got like a banged up foot. Like he's he says he's, he's got some like kind of nagging foot issue. Mm-hmm. But he's guarding Kristaps. They're hiding Kristaps. They're hiding him on Kristaps because Kristaps for life and will not post up. And by the way, if you're, if you're Rick Carlisle and Kawhi is on Kristaps, great. Go stand in the corner. We'll play four on four. Make it up a shot. But so so give this guy that's a defensive player of the year in his prime, and you have like one of the best offensive players in the league on the other side of the court, and, and he, he has no interest in guarding him. Like their possessions where he starts on him or gets switched onto him, and he's so quick to hand him off to somebody in any kind of ball screen action. It's just if Kawhi's not gonna be an elite defensive player, he's just not like he's just an elite offensive player. And Luke is yeah. frankly better at offense than Kawhi. Is. He's better at getting his teammates involved. He's better at being a floor general. So yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's and then just the so far for the Mavericks, it's been this like the lesser known guys that have really yeah. swung this the series. Ro- that was that was my question. Jalen Brunson has been so good <laughs> off the bench. Jalen Brunson, because it's something about him being lefty that I think throws off defenses. It's so weird. Mm. He for whatever reason. Is good at finishing at the hoop. He's not athletic by any means. He's not he's not ultra quick, but he he cannot miss at the rim. He's just a great finisher for his size. Yeah, and I mean the other starters for the for the Mavericks like Maxi mm-hmm. Kleba, who's apparently the Kawhi stopper, which is sick. But he's, Except he's that a time he shooter. dunked on him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hardaway has been fantastic. He's playing his way into a nice contract. Yeah. Uh, Finney Smith is is a serviceable three and D. Here's my question: So, um, how many players on Dallas would you take? Before you would take the third best player on the Clippers, whoever you think that is, the Clippers yeah. role players have been so much better than the, or the, sorry, the Mavericks role players have been so much better than the Clippers in this series, and it's kind of been the difference, right? Yeah, if you take out the top two from both teams, those next three through five, three through six have you know all been Mavericks yeah. so far. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to to the scene. Yes, I yeah. The, and they're going to be. I'm the sure they're going to get made fun of so much. It's I'm sh- so. In- I'm sure Dallas is going to be loud because I bet they have a bunch of fans. Like they'll be close yeah. to the Texas capacity. But we talked about this. Like, is is the noise creeping in? Are you starting to get the doubt? Are the Clippers starting to hear it? Dude, you this know? is. Oh, I mean, if they go down three zero, I do. I will say, up, right? They're packing it. Up. I think so. I will say this is a sneaky must-win game for the uh, for the Mavericks because mm-hmm. you don't want to go down two one. Knowing going into Game Four, all right, they just beat us on our home court, and if they do it again, We're all right of the advantage the we had is at the window. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot on the line in Game Three. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of the line in any Ooh. playoff game, but boy, this is a fun series because the games have been close. They've been good games, right? The Clippers, just, like I mean, we talked about so the games have been close, but it's, it hasn't really come down to it because the Mavericks have been better at both ends of the floor. Like mm-hmm. down the stretch, like the Clippers aren't like boy. If there's ever a time for Kawhi, like if he's trying to save himself for offense, or he's he's just not 100. Like, like this is a 
two minutes left in the game, you're down five. Like maybe it's time to go guard their best guy. Why? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it'll change. I mean, I guess I'm not sure. If I don't know. Yeah, I mean, team, they were like the Clippers were a bad clutch time team in the regular season. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Game three. It's gonna be fun. Don't miss that one. All right, move to the East. Uh, Philly, Washington. You, I didn't. Game two just happened. Uh, I didn't see it, so we'll talk game one. Uh, big Toby game. Tobias Harris. Yes. Great in game one. Yes. Um, which, which boy, if if he is scoring like that, and Simmons, who I think the stats that he was he was better in game two, like he didn't really have oh six from the free throw line in game one. So if Simmons is scoring. 18 points a game, and, and Tobias Harris is aggressive making shots defensively. Watch out. Like, this is the, the the knock against the Sixers has been who else is going to score besides Embiid. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, Tobias Harris has been average 37 points, but if he's scoring really well, being aggressive, like, for me, the biggest doubt for them is kind of checked off. Yeah, so so game one, uh, the reason uh, Tobias Harris' stats look so great is that Joel Embiid got in foul trouble. And Right away, you're like, oh boy, is this, are the Wizards going to build up a little lead uh, now that Embiid's out of the game? I think he picked up three in the first half. He only played 10 minutes in the first half. They were plus nine with Embiid on the floor, minus 10 with that, with, that, with him off. Wow. But uh, yeah, Tobias Harris picked up all the scoring slack. I mean, he finished with 37. And even though Embiid didn't get the minutes he normally got, he still put up 30 points. And I think that's what makes this team dangerous is obviously Joel Embiid's scoring. He's a monster. Obviously, he's great at drawing fouls. We know that. Um, but then Ben Simmons had six points in game one. 15 assists, 15 rebounds. You don't get that out of your point guard yeah. very often. Um, setting up guys like Tobias Harris who can score kind of from anywhere on the court. But he doesn't get the looks that he got in game one normally. I think tonight he, he might have had 20 tonight, I think. So, I mean, he's going to get you that whenever you need it. But um, it's like, can Embiid stay out of foul trouble is always going to be the biggest question for me uh, because he does everything for this team. So far he has. I'm not worried about in this series. I'm really not worried right. about the Wizards whatsoever. Oh, which, by the way, uh, you picked the the Sixers to sweep. Yes. So I feel, I feel sweep. very good about that. Yeah, I would too, yeah. Well, going back to Washington, they could steal one. Uh, maybe. I mean, they could. So tonight, Russ left with like a, I think it was an ankle injury. I don't know exactly what it was. Yeah, I had the sound and, off. And injury. Yes, you're right. Yes. And one of the Philly fans just dumped popcorn on him as he's looking Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So uh, that's really shitty. I feel really bad. And Russ looked like he was storming up to the stands. Uh, had to be hold, mm. held back by a bunch of people. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if Russ can't... I didn't see if he came back in the game or not. But if Russ can't go, just... I mean, we're we're done here. We were so already Beale's done here. Let's to, just, Beale's let's just play start, three. Beal's about to start heaving some I know. shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, Russ, so... He had some questionable plays at the end of game one. Russ is a great first 44 minutes guy. Mm-hmm. You could sub out Russ for somebody better at other things, equally good at other things, in the last five minutes of a game. You would feel great with it. Because I just, <laughs> like, my issue with Russ is that, like, he gets the ball, a lot of end of game situations, he gets the ball, and something is going to, the usage rate, as they say, is going to be checked. Because either he's going to shoot, Pass to a guy that immediately shoots to try to set up somebody for an assist, or he's going to turn it over. Like he, like that the rest mentality. That's when it really bites him in the butt. Right. I agree. I mean, in any game one, it was, it was still a close game. Wizards were not out of the game by any stretch, but Scott Brooks had him running uh, 
post-ups for Robin Lopez. So I think they're kind of doing it to themselves. That's good. That's honest. good. Yeah. Next one. Oh, two seven. Yeah. Brooklyn, Boston. Uh, so I here's my thing. Two zero Brooklyn. Uh, you have the, I the Nets and four. The Nets sweeping. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah, yeah uh, there was no other way we could avoid that. <laughs> we might, what if we did something next year like? If it's so like a series that's so obviously going to go four games, like Nets in four, and every game is at least eight points that they win by. Oh yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean. Like to make it a little harder because if it's such an obvious sweep. Uh, okay, but anyways, boy, am I pissed at Jason Tatum. He obviously was listening to the podcast, heard we didn't include him in All NBA, came out in the playing game, dominated, scored fifty points to get the seventh seed. He said he heard that we wanted the Wizards to get the seventh yeah, seed. Yeah, he might not score fifty total in this series. Uh, yeah. Game one, 22 points on 6 of 20 shooting. Game two, 9 points of, on 3 of 12 shooting. Got poked in the eye. I don't – he might not score 50 total. I So, look, I made peace with Kemba being bad or he would be bad in this series because that's just what happens. Tatum – Because he's bad. That's yes, exactly. But Tatum sucking is so obnoxious because game one – game one was a blueprint for how you beat the Nets. Mm-hmm. One, you hope they're not making shots. Slow the game down. The big three for the Nets, like I said, weren't making shots in the first half. I think they were – were they winning at halftime, the Celtics? Yeah, I think they were uh, six or something like that at Yeah, but so, so the, the Celtics' role players were playing great. Uh, Robert Williams almost had a triple-double with blocks. With blocks, yeah. In like 20 minutes of play. And, and Kemba and Tatum were both so bad offensively. Like if they just are average, like decent offensively, there's a good chance they win that game. Like that's not asking for much. We're not asking that's saying, for much. That's what I'm saying. Just you don't have to be fifty points. Just don't be six of twenty from the field. And I get it. I get it. I get it. You're, the players he's playing with are trash. But I've never hated. I have never hated the Boston Celtics this much. I, I know. I'm I, so, I don't want to hear the word. I don't want to I'm hear so, the word. It's Celtics just like anymore. it's like beyond disappointed. <laughs> uh, Brooklyn's really good. Obviously, Joe Harris is such a such a luxury. Well, the problem for great is like to have. you. Yeah, you close out to. One of the best scores in the NBA, yeah. whichever three of them that catches it, and yeah. you have a forty percent plus. I'm, look, I'm going to complain all playoffs that the Lakers can't find any good wing shooters, while Kevin Durant has been surrounded with all world shooters for the last five years. I just <laughs> I'm not going to stop bitching about it. So, uh, and game well, two, he, yeah. Can I just want to talk about you were talking about game one? Yeah. Just praying to God that the the Nets can't score. Like they shot eight of thirty four. 23% from three in the game and still won by double digits. Yeah. Like, That's what I'm saying. That's the game you have to win. Exactly. You have to win that game. Right. And the Nets have been fantastic on defense, which pisses me off also. Yeah. Was and maybe like it's because the Celtics points? suck at offense. Yeah. But... Which, by the way, I don't know if you know this, Seth, by listening. Did you listen to these games? Or listen to the broadcast of them? I don't oh, know if, no, you, no. if you listen to this, but you might not hear that the big three for Brooklyn hasn't played that many games together. No way. But that's a fun Shut fact. That I think it was Reggie Miller that said it. I heard it for the first time. Uh, he said it was their 10th game together, the first one. And the word 10 was nice because he continued to say it 10 more times throughout the series. Like, I get it. They haven't played a lot of games together, but they're really good. They're good at offense. So it doesn't matter. Game you just two, put three really good basketball players together. They're going to be okay. And, and game two okay. is what happens when they get comfortable, when great shooters get comfortable. Extra passes, no difficult shots. All the starters... Like, nobody that played before it was garbage time was under 50% shooting. Yeah. So it was just quality shots all around. We'll see We'll see if the Celtics have any fight in Game 3. If 
Tatum comes out in Boston game three and plays well, I'll be really impressed because uh, I can't be any less impressed with him. <laughs> Here's something uh, that happened in, I think it was game two. It's like the the simplicity of this luxury is, is stupid, is what somebody tweeted. It was James Harden threw a post-entry pass to Kevin Durant. James Harden's man naturally just, oh, shoot, Kevin Durant's got it where he wants it. I better go double him. Kevin Durant immediately throws back to a wide-open James Harden for three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's ridiculous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> How easy it is if you just make it easy. Yeah. Okay, let's let's move on to something exciting. Yes. Bucks Heat, uh, the three six. Uh, what was the? Oh, uh, I took Bucks in yeah, six or pissed less. Pissed me off. Yeah. Yes, which is great. It's working out great. Good job, Bucks. So game one, what a way to start the playoffs. First game of the playoffs. Yeah, first game of the. Yep. Awesome game. Overtime won by the Bucks. Chris Middleton had a big shot. Uh, this this game was absolutely a game that both last year's Heat win and last year's Bucks lose. That game one. Mm, yes. Do you know what I mean? I, I completely agree. Yes. Yeah. That it felt like a win that the Bucks stole. The Heat needed to win that, game, especially in hindsight. The Heat needed to win that game. Bucks shot five of thirty-one from three. Still found a way to win the game. They're not going to shoot five of thirty-one again. Heat, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so, so game one, like I said, close overtime game. Jimmy was four of twenty-two from the field. Bam was four of fifteen, and they were still right in it. They couldn't win the game. Like I said, it felt like it, like. Bucks notwithstanding, this felt like a game as it was coming down to the stretch. Even like close game, you know, the other team, Giannis is missing some free throws. Trevor Rizek hits a huge three at the end of the game, which of course he does. The guy that comes over and really late. And last year's sheet, I feel like, would absolutely run away with that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game one, both Giannis and Jimmy weren't good. Neither of them were good. But that's what the that's what the Bucks brought in Drew Holiday for. I mean, he's been great. He's been everything as advertised yes, and more. Yes, for sure. Like 15 assists in the first game? I thought it was, was it game... Yeah, yes. No, game two. Oh, was it game two? Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the games he loves assists. Right. More than Eric Bledsoe had in his career. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Giannis not playing well, shout out Giannis for finding new ways to miss free throws. Mm-hmm. Getting the 10-second call on a free throw counts as I, a missed free throw. Yeah, so late in game one, crucial free throws. Uh, I don't remember what the time and score was, but very crucial free throw. Giannis got called for a 10-second call, taking too long to, to shoot his free throw, which never called, but let's call it in the most important yeah, game. Yeah, I'm sure he was doing it. And it, oh, I think, yeah, yeah. I think somebody said that the Heat were like constantly yelling the, at the, the refs was, that he yeah. was taking too long. Yeah, but, but yeah, interesting time to make that call. That he was, yeah, Giannis was one for four in like back-to-back crucial free throw situations, like you said. And that was one of the misses. But uh, went to overtime, back and forth. Chris Moulton, it's a big shot. Uh, and then game two rolls around. And game wow. two was an absolute massacre. The Bryn Forbes game. Oh, my gosh, yeah. So he, I remember somebody that I listened to, like, previewing the Bucks, like, all these role players, like Bobby Portis, Bryn Forbes, you like Pat Connaughton, it's like, uh, will they be good enough defensively or will they just be liabilities that they can't really play? But, boy, when you shoot like that. Like As it Forbes turns out, did, it doesn't matter if they're yes. defensively. So he went, uh, I think he started five for five from three. Yeah. Uh, finished six of nine, 22 points, but he played less than 20 minutes because they were up so much. I mean, Chris Mostyn played 24 minutes, Giannis played, and Drew Holiday played 30, and that seemed like way too much to be playing. They won 132 to 98, and that scoreline somehow like feels too kind for the Heat. Like That feels too nice because it, it, it was not that close. Yeah, honestly, uh, 
to me, what's interesting, this game felt more like a game that um, the Heat were terrible than the Bucks were really good. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Like, so Jimmy yeah. Butler, uh, again, plus minus doesn't matter unless I wanted to, uh, a whopping minus 34 in that game, scoring 10 points. Bam was basically a non-factor. I do, Seth, we got to talk about Tyler Hero. I'm because, always down to talk about, because, talk about Tyler Hero. Okay, let me pull up stats. I don't want to. I don't want to butcher it, but uh, just the looming fact that they wouldn't include him in the James Harden trade in a potential. It's going to haunt Harden him trade. for. And it's going to haunt him, and it's going to haunt the Heat. Like is, he, no matter where, it, even if he doesn't stay with the Heat his whole entire career, that that'll always be like expectations to live up to for him. Yeah. Well, first of all, he's not even starting, so you don't. You're, well, you're, duh. Yeah. You're not trading. Yeah. I mean, just why you trading a bench? Whatever. So, game one, uh, 20 minutes, 2 of 10 from the field, 10 points. Game two, uh, in 17 minutes of play, 1 of 5, 4 points. Yeah. This yeah. is the guy that you wouldn't trade for James Harden. This is, like, it's just, boy, just wasting prime Jimmy Butler year who Jimmy's been bad in the series. But to, yeah, they're trying to, sh- trying to straddle the compete now and be competitive later. This is definitely not... If you are a Heat fan and you're getting tired of hearing that it was all a bubble fluke, this is not the way oh my you wanted gosh, your team to no. respond. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that. That's only going to be said more and more that the reason the Heat made the finals is just because they were in the bubble. They had all these different circumstances and not because they were a, a great team or anything like that. Um, it's kind of looking that way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that and way. Bam, I mean, it, like so, somebody so tweeted so... That, that this is karma. Like, everything that's happened since then is, is karma for... Bam Adebayo being ranked higher than Joel Embiid in ESPN's <laughs> preseason rankings, which is so crazy to think about. And now. for having Tyler Hero like top fifty oh, or yeah, top yeah, sixty, yeah, whatever it was, yeah, 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 yeah this, what they deserve. This is an ugly game, start to finish. Well, I don't think the Heat will go down quietly, but boy, did they look bad in game in game two. I don't we'll know because like Jimmy just hasn't been aggressive at all, which is the exact opposite of what yeah. made them good last year. And I'm wondering, you start to wonder like, is he healthy? Is does he? Does I mean, care? look, What's honestly, going it's going down 2-0 isn't crazy. It's not unconquerable. No. But the fact that it was... Especially a, when you lose the first two on the road, too. The, yeah, exactly, exactly. You're coming back to your home court. But it, that it was such a bad loss is just... I don't know. I don't want to overreact. We'll see. Game three, obviously a very important game. Last one. Or do you have anything else for that? No, no, we're good. Okay, good. Hawks, Knicks. So game two just ended. Do you want to talk about that? You're talking about that. I didn't watch the game. You yeah. were talking about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the reason I didn't watch these games is I was dominating uh, Disc Golf League tonight. So I, was, I, I didn't know if we mentioned that. But that's my excuse. I didn't watch any games tonight. Banging chains, as they say. So tell me about Game 2, Hawks Knicks. Okay, let me start with uh, the end of Game 1. And uh, well, hang I, on, I watched Game 1. That's why. <laughs> no, no, no. Just uh, not even the end, but I mean like okay. uh, stats from Game 1. Like, okay, Jewish yeah. Randall was 6 of 23 in, in Game 1. 15 points. Didn't live up to like the the star of the four seed yeah. in game one. Uh, he was not good this game. He did not score in the first half, uh, but bounced back. He had, I mean, he had thirteen in the second half, eleven in the third quarter when the Knicks made this huge run. But uh, there's a lot of questions about is Julius Randle ready for this moment going on? So in this game, game two, uh, Knicks end up winning by oh six or eight or something like that. Very close game throughout. Uh, in the in the Second half, the Hawks are up 15 at one point, and the Knicks just go on this crazy run. They end up going up by nine. So in the court, in in the course of one quarter, a 15 point get, lead turns into a nine point deficit, 
And not, and to what happened is the Hawks just went cold. They could not shoot. They scored 35 second half points. And we talked about the Knicks being this great defensive team. I mean, they are. They are a very good defensive team. But the Hawks are just were just missing really good looks tonight. Right. Well, that's we've talked about it. that's that's been the the Knicks defense all year. Right. Is the team just shoot bad against? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, that was definitely that was definitely true tonight. I guess I didn't. But Bogdan Bogdanovich was fantastic in game one. Game two, he was two of thirteen from three tonight. DeAndre Hunter was three of eight. Gallo was two of nine. I mean, they shoot over half of their shots are threes. So they were twelve of forty four tonight. They shot twenty seven percent from three. Forty four of their eighty four attempts were three pointers, and you live and die by that. And tonight right. they just they were knocking down. On the other hand, Derrick Rose still really good at basketball. <laughs> He's like this. He has in game one and game two so far has been this, this spark plug off the bench. Yeah, I mean game one going, he like, was their it, offense. He was their right. go to offensive guy down the stretch. Right, and uh, yeah, he's still doing it at a high level. But yeah, the crowd in Madison Square Garden has been so great to see. Fun, it's fun. Uh, yeah. It just feels like playoff basketball again when you when you're hearing the crowd going crazy. It, it makes me really happy. Um, Knicks fans are trash, also, but but I love it. <laughs> I love it. Cool. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry, I was using my phone. Oh. Yeah, so yeah. Game one. Uh, I mean, Trey Young has a lot of these young guys. Devin Booker and Luca's second playoffs, but and Trey Young, these young guys that are showing up, like welcome to the playoffs. Like they're they're the guys. I love it. The next wave of superstars. He has been awesome. I I'm how, how did they? I was reading tweets. They sh- are they attacking him defensively because they didn't really do no. it game one. So no, they're not. It's been really, it's been really weird because he's awesome offensively. He is. So I talked about Devin Booker's ability to get in front of somebody and then draw fouls. Trey Young is the master of that. He just gets his body in front of yours or by the side of yours, and you get your momentum going, and he just stops and shoots, and you just run into him, get a foul. But it was so. Speaking of like his ability to do that, like so at the end game one, he gets a questionable. I don't still don't think it was a foul. They challenged it, and it was upheld. A questionable foul call goes his way. Shoots free throws to go up two. Derrick Rose comes down, scores to tie it, and then he comes down and hits a big shot. It's a floater, right? Yep. Floater to win the game. And then he gets benched. Like, they take him out for the last defensive possession. Like, that's just so <laughs> funny to me that your guy, your franchise player, he's a liability on defense, and you don't want him. You actively don't want him in the game. So, the the thing is, for the, the Knicks, they don't have great guards attacking off the bounce. So, it hasn't hurt Trey that bad. Like... They put him on uh, Reggie Bullock, who's not going off. He's not taking right, yeah. and, and, you know, and he's not shooting inside three point line. We know that. Uh, so he he's kind of been hidden on defense, and it's worked so far. The Knicks have been a, or the the Hawks have done a great job containing Julius Randle. He's making it really tough on him. No matter where he is on the court, he's always shaded by Clint Capella, just st- lurking in the paint. Uh, they're throwing two bodies at him all the time, but Capella's not even worried about Nerlens Noel catching a lob or anything. Uh, like all the focus is on Julius Randle. It's worked so far. Julius Randle, like I said, has really struggled. Uh, five of sixteen tonight. Credit the Hawks for for making it tough. Yeah. Um, in game one, we we're talking about didn't hit anything tonight, but game one they were on. Uh, Trey has been great. We talked in the last episode that you know we thought the Knicks would really throw throw some defensive looks at Trey, uh, make it like make him make really quick reads. There's been none of that so far. Trey has actually controlled the game completely, all from a high ball screen with Clint Capella. Yeah, what it's unbelievable. What I love about Trey when he gets going downhill is, is I think he's 
maybe the best, maybe James Harden is it. He, he picks up a dribble, looks like he's going to shoot, and you have no idea if it's a floater or a lob to somebody. Do you right. know what I mean? Like, like there are times where I, where he goes up and I'm like, oh, nice lob. Oh no, it was just, he went in, <laughs> it was a shot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just that's got to be so hard for defenses. Like, do I stay home or do I have to contest? Yeah, a shot? whoever whoever the big is guarding Clint Capella, it's like this thing's going to go up, and I have no idea if I'm supposed to try to block it or if I'm supposed to try to prevent Clint yeah, Capella from exactly. catching this lob. Yeah. I do. I hate how he hunts for fouls, but uh, he's really good at it. So you know, he's really whatever good you got to do to win, I guess. Yeah, I think he. Sh- shot like nine in game one he only shot four tonight but okay good uh oh also you this is straight up you picked the hawks so yes good bounce back by the knicks uh and if you said like you said if julius Randle's struggling he just might not be ready for the moment well you're about to get a lot more hostile environment going to atlanta so mm-hmm. we, we will see uh cool that's that's the games recapped this has gone way longer than i thought or yeah, hoped Jesus it Christ, would. oh my god <laughs> oh my. all right uh quick splash of pass <laughs> Oh, so what are we doing? Oh, I'll well, tell you what. I'll tell you what. Here's what we do. So, so during the playoffs, unless something inspiration strikes, we will whoever's been good will be our splash, uh, like su- pleasantly surprising splash, disappointing pass. Player Hawks or and team. Clippers. Oh, oh, gotcha. It could be. That's I what you're saying. Um, I, I'm so pissed at Jason Tatum, but I didn't have expectations, so I don't know if he's really disappointed me. He is very much disappointed in me. Okay, he'll he'll be our pass. Is Tatum? Okay. Splash is. We'll do a player who's a surprisingly good player. Brent Forbes. Okay, Brent Forbes. <laughs> All right, <laughs> he did surprise me. That's that's good. Okay, so splashes. Brent Forbes passes. Uh, just did him. I, 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 I will anymore. go first. Good, good, good. All right, I'll go first. I am passing. I am Jason Tatum on the weight room. Seth, you and I have been known to dominate the weight room, the dungeon, as we do, as yep, it's called. As uh, especially, I want to harken back, and I think I remember. I'm remembering this correctly. Uh, your first off season, post season, we did uh, testing, max weight testing, and you and I could not get the the bottom barometer for uh, bench presses 185. And you and I, I both, didn't even, I didn't even attempt both <laughs> logged to zero. I think, I think it took, it took me till my senior year, I think, or maybe end of junior year. I got it my junior year, yeah. But no, I didn't even, that, I uh, said, yeah, I'll pass. I can't do it. I'll pass. There was one year, yeah, one year he made, he's like, just try it. It's like, okay, I'll try. <laughs> Which bounces off of my chest. Yeah, it's like, well, somebody better be ready to do a curl at spotting. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good. I'm glad I'm remembering that correctly. But maybe that ability, lack of ability, works to our benefit. Because, so after the game one loss, but the Sixers-Wizards, after the Wizards lost in game one, Scott Brooks was asked the question, and we were all wondering, why doesn't Daniel Gafford play more? And, oh yeah, I, I uh... So, uh, I read there, here's a, I'm just gonna read off the article. Oh, okay, so, here's what he said. Uh, I like his, this is a, Coach Scott Brooks said, I like his minutes on the floor, there's always other things to consider. Foul situations, foul trouble... The way we play, he's athletic and great condition as any big in the league. But with the pace we play, he's still carrying around, I don't know, 260 pounds. That's a lot of weight to play 10, 12 minutes at a time. We try to break it up as much as we can. So basically, uh, Daniel Gafford doesn't play very much because he's too big and will wear himself out because he's got too much muscle rolling around. By the way, he's only like 230. I think he's 6'10", 230, which is very manageable. <laughs> but here's not, first of all, here's an idea, Scott Brooks. Maybe instead of not playing... Your best center? Can we say that? Yeah. Instead of not playing your best center for very many minutes because you're afraid of him getting tired, play him until he gets tired and then take him out of the game. Like until you, he's not tired. Exactly. Exactly. 
It's so, but it's so, what a crazy, <laughs> ridiculous uh, explanation. But uh, good thing I didn't have all that weight bogging me down. Uh, some of our teammates had a hard time getting up and down the court in sprints. Not me. Um, I was nimble. I was light. I could run. Exactly. So weight room, not always as good as it's cracked up to be. So I'm passing yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I Okay, I like that. Uh, I'm, I am passing on the weight room also. No, even now. <laughs> oh, I'm not even looking at it now. <laughs> I'm passing. I am Jason Tatum. So far passing on always bringing up the legends about today's players. After Chris Paul got hurt, LeBron went over and helped him up off the court. And as you know, LeBron and Chris and Chris Paul are great friends, part of the Banana Boat crew. You know, Mark Jackson immediately says, "I know what everyone's thinking. I know." I know people are going to say that MJ, people like MJ and Kobe would never help an opponent off the floor. He's like, but I'm okay with it for this time. And no, n- nobody was thinking no, that. No, no one's mind at all. Nobody's mind jumped directly to either of those guys. My mind jumped to, oh, that's cool that LeBron and Chris Paul are such good friends uh, and can still share a moment like this in a heated battle. It just, I hate, it pissed me off. I hate that. It's so annoying. Yeah, what a terrible thing to say on national television commentary. Yeah. And the, 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 the fact they said, they prefaced it with, I know what everyone's thinking. Yeah, despite <laughs> what you think. Yeah, this is terrible. It's actually not that terrible. Yeah, that's good. That's a good one. All right, I am I am passing. I'm Jason Tatum on overhyping superstars' accomplishments. So okay. uh, last week, Seth, you shouted out Kyrie Irving for joining the 50-40-90 club. Mm. Like the, is it mm-hmm. the eighth, seventh, eighth player Ninth. in history? Ninth. Ninth player in history to do it? Here's the thing. He's getting all this love because he's Kyrie. He's a big name. He's a flashy player. Meanwhile, a much less popular name is shattering records. Man has formed his own club. So, uh, Tony Snell of the, check my notes, uh, Atlanta Hawks, which is the <laughs> Atlanta Hawks, is the first and only member of the 50-50-100 club this season. He shot 51% from two, 57% from three, a league leading, and I don't have to tell you the free throw percentage because you can guess what it is. He dominated 50-50-100. 50-40-90. Now, I, obviously, he, I don't know what... Obviously, he didn't do enough of one of them to be considered. I don't think don't he was anywhere what, near on any of them. <laughs> okay, good. But I don't care. I look at the That's stats. That's impressive. All I know is that Kyrie is getting all this love. Meanwhile, Tony Snell is putting a club only for himself. No one and another thing... I mean, are you done? I don't need uh, a button here. It. That's it. I don't mean to... Another thing that Tony Snell has done that Kyrie has never done... Is play twenty eight minutes and not record a single yep, stat. Yep. I do it all time stat line. Tony Snow, twenty eight yep. minutes, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Yes, impressive, very impressive. Okay, I am, I am Bryn Forbes on Trey Young, the villain. New York Knicks fans hate Trey Young, just from game one. And the weirdest part is that they hated him before. He had even, it wasn't the game winning shot that made him hate him. Some point in the first quarter, the crowd erupts into a fuck Trey Young chant (laughs) that is very clear as day on the broadcast. You can, you can, you know, you can hear it all. Um, Tonight, they, it was lame. Like they did a Trey is balding. Like that's, that's some like high school student section stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that first one was fantastic. Just in the first quarter, out of nowhere. And then fast forward, Trey hits the, Obviously, I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say that these two are related, but they did that. Trey played great. I'm just assuming he liked the moment and and you know it kind of embraced this villain role. Uh, so after he hit the game winner, he signs the crowd. 
Uh, he shushed and, him. Give him a shush. Yes, yeah. He sure did. And a scene on TV and, uh, saying, it's quiet as fuck in here. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I like when people kind of embrace that, get into it with the crowd. We've been missing that. We have been missing yeah, that with no fans. Yeah, it's great. It's, like, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. 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 We go to I'm excited for them to go back to Atlanta. I think it's going to be I know. rowdy. Uh, I do too. All right. So I am splashing. I am. Brent Forbes on the story that keeps on giving. So, Alex Rodriguez <laughs> and his billionaire buddy, whose name I don't remember. Uh, Mark Floor. Yeah, he was like the CEO of Walmart. Yeah, or something. Yeah. Uh, okay. But uh, so they have. He's richer than us. That's they all have I know. agreed. Well, that you know of. They've agreed to buy the Timberwolves. <laughs> it's happening. $1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. Apparently, there's some behind the scenes tomfoolery, shenanigans, uh, ruckus. Uh, one of the ooh, actually, one yeah. of the current shareholders is suing somebody. I don't know who, because apparently, uh, the new buyers, Arod and his friend, have apparently left out a clause saying that they won't move the team, which they agreed to put in. But that clause is apparently missing from the contract, the buying contract. They, they forgot it. I I don't know what's happening. I just love this. Any drama, any rumors <laughs> that Timberwolves might be moved. This like hostile takeover that's turning into that, so they can relocate. If that's the case, I'm into it. I love it. Like it's not a surprise. That's the, keep, that's or, the like, thing. Keep, I just either. I just love the story. I want to keep it going. I, don't I was I saw that and so it was like a the the second biggest stakeholder in the Timberwolves is like filing for. Custody. Take him to court. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like t- threatening to sue him or take him to court over. They're not being. I don't know if he's suing. I don't know. Uh, a Rod's group or Glenn yeah, Taylor, the I current owner. Who I don't is, know what's happening. Like this just won't go. This won't go smoothly for me. I yes. know that. <laughs> and that'll make Robbie very happy. That's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. All right. Do you have any more? Oh, I did. No. I did oh. want to say. I d- I don't want to bring him up. I don't want to talk about him. I hate him. I hate everything about him. But I gotta I gotta say, fuck Skip Bayless. I'm, oh, okay. Yeah. The tweets. All the homies hate. What Skip else? Are, are you are you putting a belt on? No, I'm playing with some paper clips. I can hear it. I can hear him. <laughs> Let me put those away. Yeah, put those down. Okay. I just he he's so anti LeBron, it's stupid. He's so anti like his biases are well known, but this tweet it got to me. He said, uh, LeBron out there dribbling between his legs back and forth, back and forth, like he's Kyrie. Kind of embarrassing. Act your age king. So which <laughs> which which avenue do you like better, Seth? First of all, that Skip Bayless is sixty nine years old and Takes pictures of himself on Instagram, head to toe in Jordan gear, saying LeBron should act. His I can't age. lose in these shoes. Exactly that, or the fact that they got a wide open layup on the play he's talking about because he made a great pass. <laughs> I think it was Andre Drummond. Like it literally, it, it, it was a, like. How dare you do a basketball move in exactly. a basketball game, LeBron James? This professional, like just I know it's, I I, and I hate it because this is what he wants. He wants to see right up. So we'll talk about. It. Don't can't everyone lose. block him from Twitter. So you yeah. don't interact with them. Don't give them the, the views. I, I always find myself ending up on or seeing his tweets or ending he up always, on the he Twitter. He trends on Twitter because everyone's yeah. talking about him. Because everyone's saying he's, he's an idiot. But it works. Okay, Robbie. We're taking notes. Next time LeBron dribble, shoots a shot. All right. LeBron's out here taking jump shots. Maybe showboating. Actor age, yeah. LeBron. What happened to basketball? Can, what happened to real yeah. basketball? Michael Jordan what to a never. nice pump fake and bounce pass? Let's see All if right. we can get trending. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> cool. That's the show. It was supposed to be 30 minutes. <laughs> it's like an hour. <laughs> 75 minutes is what the recording is right now. All right. Okay. Okay. If you're listening to this, 
we're going to get shorter. Next right? episode's going to be shorter because we only have so many things to talk about. That's true. Yeah. We were introducing the entire playoffs. That's true. Everything that's happened up to this okay, point. Okay, great. Good app. Uh, yeah. I was okay, Logan. Good <laughs> Go, just play it. I guess it's back. You're dirty. STL Derby. I'm like magic to Kareem, man. You tell me I ain't worthy. I ain't speaking about Georgia. I'm speaking about income. Did you hear that Elizabeth? Take off the big one. I put my money in your community. Need you got your budget. I want my ass with your advance to the toilet to flush it. My last stance be a stance of general custard. I hard out cause I can. I got cheese and mustard. I got the stats of a Hall of Famer and just two records. That's why I'm back up at the Super Bowl with Julius Peppers. I got that can't stop, won't stop in my veins. That's why they can't stop, won't stop screaming my name. Logan, Logan, go tell your friends to tell your friends. I'ma keep the same grand whether I lose or win. Up or down 10, I'ma fight to the end. Let's go, ain't no way they can stop me now. Logan calls my way, yeah. Work is worthless. My work habit ain't no heaven, man. I do it on purpose. I push myself to the limits of my talent on surface. So now it's curtains and trades on anybody who hates disliking what I'm reciting, biting what I've been writing. I've been dogged by the scratching and clawing on every hate. Trying to make you remember me like you remember the times. Cause I'm a warrior. My daddy was a soldier. I Vietnam been with a dirty thought. I told ya. I'm supposed to rip up your town in Teriosis. Hitting like vultures, man. I'm young and white and rich. As good as it gets. And giving your point guard fierce. He thinks he's done seen pressure, man. But he ain't seen. Shh. Ain't no way they can know. 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 